Hi, my name is Brandon Laird, and you are listening to a Salvationist.ca podcast. Stories and news from the Salvation Army, Canada, and Bermuda Territory. Welcome to the first episode of the Salvationist COVID-19 Response Podcast, a series where we talk about how the Salvation Army is responding to the COVID-19 crisis. Today, I have the privilege of talking with the Territorial Secretary for Communications, Lieutenant Colonel John Murray. For more than 20 years, John has led public relations and development teams for the Salvation Army in Canada and Bermuda. He also spent time leading the International Headquarters communications team in London, England. John, thanks so much for joining us today. Brandon, great to be with you, and thanks for the opportunity to uh, not only connect, but engage around the Army's response in terms of COVID-19. And congratulations on this, uh, the first podcast for uh, THQ Communications. Well done. Thank you very much. Let's get right to the questions. How is the Salvation Army handling the pandemic across the territory? That's, that's a great question. I think the Salvation Army's response has been swift and fluid, and I think importantly, it's also been nimble. And uh, right out of the gate, the Salvation Army uh, responded and worked with uh, government partners right across Canada and Bermuda in, uh, in establishing uh, the necessary protocols and uh, work from home policies and things like that. The important thing for people to remember is, is that the Salvation Army's ministries right across the territory have continued without interruption. And I think that's very important. When you think of the social service work that we do, more than 1.9 million Canadians being helped last year by our organization in more than 400 communities, that work has gone uninterrupted. Similarly, when we look at our church or core work, uh, people were very quick to embrace um, you know, technology and go to, to digital and virtual worship services. And of course, we have our own uh, worship service weekly uh, here at THQ that, that we shoot uh, in the chapel with social distancing, minimal staff. And of course, you can visit salvationist.ca to see those um, worship services every week. And then the piece, of course, is that uh, territorial headquarters, divisional headquarters, we're now working from home. And that has been without interruption. Uh, the Salvation Army has simply dispersed our workforce, in the, in, if you will, right across the country. Instead of coming into buildings like, uh, like most Canadians uh, would, we're now all working from home. Recognizing, Brandon, that that, own, that also brings its own uniquenesses and challenges, especially when, uh, when people have young children, uh, when you have dogs, when you have a spouse working at home, and we're all engaging on Zoom calls and trying to uh, stay connected. But uh, the response has been terrific, and the Salvation Army has uh, continued on without missing a beat in the important work that we do, and that's helping Canadians coast to coast to coast. Thanks for that great overview, John. Second question I have for you is, how has the Salvation Army adapted its operations to continue serving the vulnerable during COVID-19? That, that also is a great question, because when you think of uh, the Salvation Army, a lot of people uh, immediately turn to our shelters. And when you think of the response uh, right across Canada with the shelter work that we do, we've had to work with public health and augment our, our, our response, working out social distancing uh, within uh, facilities, trying to build in um, six feet apart, you know, for, for bed space and things like that. It has been a challenge. 
There is no question about it. A lot of our facilities, as you'll, you will appreciate, have not necessarily been designed for that. But we've worked with uh, public health uh, teams, city officials right across the country to work out the best possible case plans for, uh, for our direct provision of service. When we think of our community meals, because many of our residential programs also have community feeding programs and where people would come in every day to uh, have lunch, have dinner, and it's much more than food. It's about uh, connecting with people. It's about socialization. It's about, um, you know, talking to counselors who are available, uh, work-life plans and things like that. We've had to stop those community dinners within the context of the, of the facilities but as I said at the outset, the Salvation Army is very nimble, Brandon. So what we did, we deployed 27 of our emergency disaster units right across Canada. And those particular units are literally feeding people uh, every day, seven days a week, and communities right across the country. And that's an amazing response to community need. And when I think of uh, some of the community and family services work that we do, our food banks have been extraordinarily busy uh, right across Canada because you'll appreciate there, there are a lot of Canadians who uh, have been laid off as a result of the pandemic, and they turn to, turn to organizations like the Salvation Army for help. And so uh, we've increased and seen, uh, you know, incredible outputs from our community and family services operations. And one great story is, is from a core in uh, Port of Bass, Newfoundland, where the premier of Newfoundland actually contacted my uh, my counterpart and colleague, Major Renee Loveless in Newfoundland, saying, we have all these truckers coming off the ships every night with, with goods and, um, and, and food and different things. And what they were finding is when they get to Port of Basque, well, they've got a 10 or 12-hour drive into St. John's and, uh, of course, to other communities. Everything across the island was closed. And so they asked the Salvation Army if we could actually feed the truckers in Port of Basque so when they get off when they got off the, the ferry, uh, that they could come to the Salvation Army and there they get uh, an amazing uh, full course turkey dinner. And uh, the lieutenants there are just doing an outstanding job in partnership with community volunteers and other organizations. And that's also in partnership with Marine Atlantic. So those are a few examples of how the Salvation Army has very quickly, nimbly responded to this pandemic. And obviously we're dedicated to those that we serve in the communities where we, we live and work. And this will be ongoing, Brandon, for, uh, we suspect, weeks and months to come. Wow, it's so encouraging to hear how we're still doing what we've done in the past, but we're also adapting to the new needs in this season. Absolutely. Third question I have for you today is, where do you see the Salvation Army's mission and values guiding us during this pandemic? Well, you know, you think about hope, you think about dignity, you think about service, you think about accountability. Uh, I'll add a few more. Uh, accountability, transparency. I think the Salvation Army and what we're doing, I think our workers on the front lines in, in particular are living those values every day. When I think of hope, when I think of service, when I think of dignity, how people are responding in, in crisis times. When I think of the work of the Toronto Grace Hospital and how they're managing in response to COVID-19. When I think of our long-term care facilities and You'll know that uh, long-term care has been in the news, especially in Ontario. And uh, But our frontline workers are continuing to provide incredible care, so service, in a very dignified way, in very difficult circumstances. And in doing so, they're providing hope. Hope for our residents, hope for the staff, uh, hope for the families who 
for now almost two months have not been able to visit their loved ones, whether it's in a long-term care facility, Brandon, or our hospital uh, here in Toronto. And that's similar right across the country where there have been protocols and no visitation limits. But, you know, we're grateful for partners. We're grateful for partners like here in the city of Toronto, as an example, uh, Sunnybrook Hospital, the Toronto Central Lynn, who have come alongside to, to work with us, support us, uh, and engage together in response to the pandemic. So I think our values um, are being lived out every single day in what we do in response to the pandemic. And that's what we, uh, we celebrate. But it's also, I think, what we would expect uh, from our frontline workers, our officers, our volunteers, our staff, and they certainly haven't disappointed in any way. That's one of the good things about mission and value statements is they really do help guide us. And it's good to see them in place in this season as well. Absolutely. So the fourth question I have for you today, John, is how has the pandemic changed the way people give their time and resources to the Salvation Army? I think uh, that the COVID-19 response from, uh, from donors across the territory has been outstanding. There was a very, very uh, quick indication from people that they wanted to connect with the Salvation Army and, and help. We have a very loyal donor base and uh, they reached out saying we want to make donations in support of Canadians and we want to make donations in support of the Salvation Army's work internationally in response to COVID-19 as well. One of the things that, that uh, we saw early on was uh, the incredible response to our e-philanthropy program um, and e-campaign, which is now over a million dollars. We have, of course, direct mail, which uh, the COVID-19 response for direct mail has been absolutely outstanding. And our 1-800 number at Cell Army, our call center, is just their phones have been ringing off the hook there and people wanting to donate. And, of course, I would remind our listeners and uh, those watching that you can also donate at salvationist.ca uh, right there and make a donation to the COVID-19 response. So we're very encouraged. We're very grateful. We're thankful for Canadians. And it doesn't stop there. When we think of organizations like McCain Foods, when we think of, uh, when we think of Walmart, when we think of Loblaws and other organizations across, you know, national organizations, multinational organizations for that matter, who have been uh, reaching out to the Salvation Army and connecting with us. I think of uh, McCain's just, you know, donating 150,000 pounds of potatoes to Sydney, Nova Scotia, and that's been replicated right across the territory. That's outstanding. That's outstanding work and uh, outstanding partnership. When we think of our volunteers, Brandon, that's a whole different kettle of fish, uh, just because the, the, the reality of uh, visitation protocols, social distancing and, um, you know, wanting to follow rigidly uh, those protocols to protect people. You know, while we do have volunteers, you know, in, in Alberta and Manitoba and British Columbia and Newfoundland uh, across the territory helping, certainly that program has significantly been scaled back just to the reality of, uh, of the pandemic. We want to keep people safe. Um, but volunteers are the army beside the army. We, uh, they're they're important partners in the work that we do. And I know a lot of people continue to connect with their volunteers virtually. I think of, uh, of our advisory boards and how now we're meeting virtually. And, and those people, uh, they, they want to stay engaged. They want to know what's going on. They want to know how they can help and support the Salvation Army. And they want to help, uh, help us to continue to live out the values of our organization of hope, service and dignity. Uh, you know, and I think of other institutions where they, they talk about uh, care and compassion. 
and uh, being there for people in their time of need. And that's what drives the Salvation Army. That's what drives our volunteers to work with us. And I think that's what actually drives owners to make donations because uh, they, they recognize that they're helping the Salvation Army live out our values and mission right across Canada, Bermuda. Another question I have for you today, John, is the federal government announced in April it was giving $100 million to charities, with the Salvation Army being on the list to receive $5 million. How is this donation going to benefit the people we serve? Thanks for the opportunity to to unpack this one a little bit. Uh, The Salvation Army was identified as one of five organizations that uh, Agriculture Canada, the minister and her team, identified to uh, work with them very quickly at the outset of the pandemic in response to food and food security. And we did receive $5 million of initial grant, and that money was quickly distributed to uh, divisions across the territory, and then disseminated right down to our 240 community family services operations so that it's impacting Canadians at the point of need for food and food security. And we have been working with, uh, with the minister's office. I'm on calls a couple times a week, along with Major Glenda Davis, who uh, is the head, of course, of our uh, territorial social services program here at THQ. And Glenda and I have been working in partnership with the minister's team in response to not only how this money has been used, this $5 million, and, and uh, reporting back already how it's been disseminated, how it's impacting Canadians at their point of need, but having deeper and further conversations around how the Salvation Army can help in future with, uh, with additional resources that have been made available by the federal government through Agriculture Canada. So this opportunity is allowing the Salvation Army to have conversations, to be at tables, to engage, um, to, to engage with uh, all levels of government in new and fresh ways. And uh, the Salvation Army is privileged to respond to, to COVID-19 the way we are, and we're very grateful to uh, the federal government, Agriculture Canada, to all of our, our you know, provincial uh, partners ac- across Canada and municipal partners as well. Uh, when, we, when we think of the cities, the important work that's done in shelters on the front lines, and as I mentioned, our long-term care homes and seniors' homes across Canada. So those partners in the work that, that we do, helping us uh, live out the values in response to this uh, unprecedented pandemic and providing, providing care to those who need it most. And uh, we're grateful for the financial uh, arrangements and partnerships that our government uh, agencies have made for the Salvation Army during these days. Thanks. That's encouraging to know how that money is being used. The last question I have for you today is, can you share an encouraging story of how the Salvation Army is helping in the pandemic? You know, I, th- I think there's just been, there have been many heartwarming stories that, that I've seen, that I've read. Uh, you know, if you follow us on, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, if you visit our, our Instagram accounts at, through THQ Communications, uh, visit salvationist.ca where you will be able to read about so many ways that uh, the Salvation Army is impacting people and uh, how positively they're, they're responding. But, you know, there have been a couple situations because of uh, the visitation restrictions, Brandon, in our seniors' homes in particular. You know, we, we had uh, a, a lady just this week who celebrated a hundred birthday in uh in the care home the William Booth care home in Regina and the staff threw her a big 100th birthday celebration and uh you know she you can see pictures of her um you know online and uh, the Salvation Army uh, workers are there supporting this woman in this uh really incredible and amazing moment so in the middle of the pandemic you know that's going on 
you know, if I transition for a second to Toronto at our Mian Health Center, we had a resident yesterday who turned 106. And I said to somebody, you know, that's that's worthy of a celebration. Uh, you only turn 106 once. And uh, like turning 100, the amazing birthdays. And uh, they've turned into amazing celebrations with family, uh, social distancing, uh, bringing balloons and cakes for the cake for the staff and things like that, celebrating with their loved one. And then we've seen, you know, some of our some of our unions, uh, you know, at different facilities. They've they've driven by in support uh, in, in in parades around cars with, with cars, you know, beeping their horns at seven thirty every night, uh, along with people um, in community thanking our frontline healthcare workers. And I heard a great story just uh, just yesterday where. Uh, a quartet from the North Toronto uh, Community Church uh, band, the band that I happen to play in as well, although uh, we haven't played now for for quite a while, Brandon, it seems. But a quartet, the Ewing sisters and their brother-in-law, Ruben Schmidt, went and played outside of the Mian, uh, the Mian uh, Health Center and uh, residents here in Toronto. They played, uh, you know, out of the tune book, they played beautiful worship songs and uh, songs of the church, familiar songs of the church for the residents. They played outside on both the front and back of the building. And, uh, you know, those are encouraging things. People are going the extra mile in these days. And uh, we see it from British Columbia. We see it right through to St. John's, Newfoundland and, and up in the territories and right across Bermuda as well. The response has been uh, encouraging. They're difficult days for many, many people. But, you know, we take hope. And uh, we continue to live out those values of hope, service, dignity. And, uh, you know, we look forward to continuing to, to help people at their point of need. And uh, we'll be there uh, throughout this pandemic. And long after the pandemic is gone, when we continue to live and work in this new uh, way of living. But I'll be honest with you, I'm connecting with people more now, Brandon, probably than ever. And uh, in very deep, rich and, uh, and meaningful ways. And for that, we're very grateful. Thank you, John, for taking time out of your day to give an update and share some insights on what's going on. These are unusual times, and it's encouraging to hear how the Salvation Army is meeting human needs and being a transformational influence in our territory. And that's all we have time for today. Thanks for listening to the Salvationist COVID Response Podcast. For new episodes, be sure to visit salvationist.ca slash podcast. For more Army news, visit salvationist.ca. And if you would like to get the news delivered directly to your inbox, sign up for the weekly newsletter at salvationist.ca newsletter.